0: Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. Casey just clear here. Excuse me. Hope that everybody's having a wonderful start to their day. Um, we've got a fun show planned today. We've got a fun 90 minutes of sports talk coming your way. In the next segment, we're going to make an, be making a trip out to South Lafouche High School and have football coach BJ Young on the line. The Tarpons will be rocking and rolling, and they're going to be uh, – moving towards their spring practices and getting themselves ready for the upcoming season or the next season, rather, over in Tarpon Land. Can't wait to chat with BJ about that in the next segment of the show. Uh, Today's show, we'll also have Taylor Griffin. The Turtle and I will be talking at 12.15 about the NBA playoffs and whatever it may be that we've got going on in the world of sports that Taylor and I feel like getting into. Um, And then also in the back end of the show, If we got time, we'll get to our mailbag questions. You guys got a lot of things that you've been wanting to get answers, uh, so we'll try to get some of those questions answered. Talk some NBA playoffs and everything of the sort. Um, There have been a couple of schedule changes around our area, high school baseball-wise, a couple of schedule changes. So we're going to uh, give you a rundown of that here in this first segment, and then we'll talk about LSU and Nichols baseball. Um, The first schedule change that I could give you is – Oh, by the way, we have a, a result from yesterday also, by the way, that I'm to give you. So first, before we get to the schedule changes, <clears throat> St. Charles Catholic gets a 5-1 to win over Homa Christian yesterday afternoon. They take a one-game-to-nothing lead in that best-of-three series. Homa Christian played them tough, fought them hard, but St. Charles Catholic gets a 5-1 to win and takes a one-game-to-nothing lead in that best-of-three series. So kudos to the Comets for making that happen. Um, and we expected the Warriors will be fighting them hard today. Should try to get back into that one. Uh, but schedule changes. Um, today, it was announced that Edie White has changed the time of their series with Bolton um, to accommodate potential se- uh, severe weather in the area. That series will now begin Friday instead of on um, Thursday. It begin on Friday because tomorrow is supposed to be kind of a washout in the area. So... E.D. will now be playing Bolton 2 o'clock Friday, 4 o'clock Friday, 10 a.m. <clears throat> Saturday if necessary. EDY will have the opportunity to potentially put that one on ice on Friday. No update uh, yet on any changes to Vanderbilt. They're taking on the Willow School scheduled to play tomorrow at 6. Maybe they can, maybe they can. I don't know. Nope. No word on uh, Covenant Christian Academy as they're scheduled to play Ascension Christian tomorrow at 6.30. Again, no word whether they can or whether they can't, and no word on any potential changes there. But those are the games that will be just starting in the next 24 hours. And then, of course, we got the Big Thibodeau and Barb series that is going to be beginning Friday out in Lake Charles with a night game and then the the, the potential doubleheader on Saturday. So let's talk about this. Uh, We move now to the big news of last night, which was Nichols getting a win over LSU over in Alex Box Stadium. I told you guys yesterday during the show, did I not? Did I not tell you guys yesterday? Like, don't be surprised if Nichols goes there and plays close. You know, I I said, hey, they're the big underdogs, no doubt. But in a midweek, don't be surprised if they go to Baton Rouge and play close. And that's exactly what they did. They did more than that. They got the win. The most impressive thing to me about the way Nichols played yesterday was the fact that they were able to, um, withstand the surge and still come out on the other end of it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you go up 3-0, you take the lead, and then LSU comes back and scores four and takes a 4-3 to three lead in the sixth. For most teams, that little wave there that LSU made would have kind of been the end of the road, right? For most teams, that little wave there would have been, okay, well, You know, and especially when Nichols didn't score in the seventh, it would have been okay. Well, then LSU scores two, three more in the seventh, grabs control then puts another goose egg in the eighth and scores three, four more. And then before you know it, you know, it's a 10 to three game. It's a game that doesn't look close, even though it was. That's what would happen to most teams. Um, But Nichols and Nabra, like they, they continue to pitch well, continue to get timely hits, continue to take advantage of things that were presented to them. And the thing that Nichols did yesterday that was so doggone impressive is they played some of the best defense that I've ever seen a team play in college baseball. I have not, I don't know definitively that I could think of a time where a team played a better defensive game than what Nichols played yesterday against LSU. Diving catches, climbing the fence, like just one magnificent web gem highlight reel catch after another after another, and it all, with the game on the line and the bottom of the ninth, came to another one of those plays with Kadu going into right field from the shortstop position, making a diving catch, and then taking advantage of a boneheaded LSU base running mistake. And quite frankly, if we're being honest, a boneheaded coaching decision, removing Gavin Dugoff from the lineup and pinch running for him for a guy who made the boneheaded base running mistake, but Nichols gets the 6-5 to win and moves with some momentum into the Southland Conference weekend. Now here's the challenge for the Colonels. It's the same challenge that UL Lafayette had last weekend. Riding high. Everybody's excited. Everybody's jacked up. Everybody's eager. Now you got to go and win a Southland Conference series. Um, That's the thing that UL Lafayette wasn't able to do. They weren't able to sustain. They weren't able to... Um, build on the momentum that they got, beating LSU, now that's what the Colonels are going to have to do. you got to move forward from this, use it productively, use it positively, and not just use it like UL, oh, we won the national championship, and then never play well again. So that's what Nichols is going to have to do, and I think that they will. I think that they're going to play well this weekend against Northwestern State, because they have a humility about them that Lafayette, frankly, doesn't have. Um, So I think that the Colonels are going to be ready and poised, and I think that they're going to be – Uh, pushing forward into the weekend with an opportunity to uh, do some really good things. LSU's 32-8, and no cause for panic there. They lost a midweek game. The year that LSU won the national championship last, they lost to Nichols in a midweek game, and that year Nichols was one of the worst teams in America. So no cause for for concern, but I'll say this – the Tigers' offense is kind of in a little bit of a slump right now, right? Um, and they really need to get Tommy White back into that lineup because without Tommy White, the one area where LSU could potentially struggle is teams just don't pitch to Dylan Cruz at all. At all. like they're, With Tommy White in the lineup, they fear him enough to where sometimes you have to give in and give Cruz a few pitches. Um, but with him out, there's just nobody in the lineup that opponents fear enough and you're going to be seeing uh, Cruz face a lot of break pitches. You're going to see Cruz facing a lot of pitches uh, that are going to be on the outside and inside corners, nothing down the middle ever at all. Um, and he's going to have to be very selective and very patient because teams are going to just say up front, hey, bro, you're not beating us. You're a great player. You're not beating us. If Tommy White gets back into the lineup, it obviously changes everything. But that'll be a very interesting thing to check out and a very interesting thing to pay attention to is how long is it going to take for him to get back in action for the Tigers. Um, They say maybe there's a chance over the weekend. Obviously, LSU hopes that he'll be back out there sooner rather than later. And the last thing that I want to leave you guys with here as we talk about the Nichols upset win over LSU is just the sheer amount of local talent in the Nichols program. And during the broadcast, they did a really poor job of illustrating that. They were enamored. Oh, Nichols guys from Illinois and California, uh, and yeah, yeah. There is something to that. But leadoff batter E.D. White, two hole hitter Terrebonne High School. Um, you know, going around the rest of the lineup, you got local guys, local guys, local guys. The guy who started the game on the mound, Devin Desandro, E.D. White, local guy. West Toops, E.D. White, local guy. The Colonels are putting to use the great players in this area, and. They have a certain hunger about them because it's a bunch of local boys who are representing the university that they have uh, rooted for since they were kids. And I think that that's the way that you win in Thibodeau. Yeah, you could go into the portal and you could get a guy from Maine and you could go into the portal and get a guy from Illinois and you could plug up some gaps there, right? But the meat and potatoes of your team has to be Southeast Louisiana. And I already told you about Washington and Cadu and, you know, Wes Toops and Devin Desandro. But there's other guys in that lineup. You know, Hunter LeBlanc, that's a guy from Hanville, right? You know, there's other guys in that lineup that are just as local, that are doing big things, that are helping that team win. So they head into the Southland Conference weekend with some momentum, and hopefully they're able to carry forward that momentum. Let's catch a break when we get back. B.J. Young, South LaFouche High School, will be joining us. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
1: The French Connection,
2: the all-new
1: Region Cajun, 102.7 FM.
2: While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors. 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff, the back road, 325 1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority.
3: Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third-grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too. through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life
4: go right. Call State Form agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988.
5: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and many more. Industrial power systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano.
4: Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Houma or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes.
1: simply free. Don't those two words go together nicely? Especially when they describe the very best in daily money management. At SL Bank, our simply free checking account provides you the tools you need to manage your account and to make life a little easier. Want to know more about simply free checking? Just talk with us today at SL Bank. Member FDIC. It's Ram Truck Month at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams. Long-lasting new pickups are their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
0: Play-by-play, play. Casey player here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we make a trip out to South Lafouche High School, and we have the head football coach, Coach B.J. Young, on the line. B.J., what's good, brother? How we doing today?
2: Good, man. How are y'all?
0: Doing fine, man. Look, we're getting right up against that um, calendar where we're right up against the start of spring drills. When are the Tarpons getting rolling, and how excited are you guys to get back out on the field, bro?
2: Yeah, we're going to uh, we we'll start May 3rd. That's a Wednesday. Um you know, golf season. You, you kind of got a plan for them state championships on the uh, on May first and second. Uh, Felt a little short this year, so um, you get to start May third on a Wednesday, uh, right after school. Man, it's uh, like everybody's excited. You know, they've been uh, been working hard the whole off season, kind of nipping at the bit to hit somebody again. So, uh, you know, once, once that once that hits, spring football hits. You know, it's kind of uh, you know pedal to the metal until um, the season. You know, there's not many breaks left built in, so it's kind of here.
0: One week from now, brother, I'm sure you guys are super excited. Look, let's flash forward a week. What are some things you're hoping to see and get accomplished out of your spring drills?
2: Yeah, I, I want to see us uh, be a li- little more fundamentally sound, a um, little better at, the ta- at tackling, um, you know, alignment and assignment. You know, uh, being able to align and-, and knowing what-, what, our- what, our- what our job is and being able to execute it and uh you know it's physicality man that's always something that we you know we preach and we look for you know um the easy way to get on the field in football is to be physical so uh looking for 22 guys that that uh that aren't scared of anything that that, that like contact so uh that, that that's probably the main point you're looking for you know and it's it's slow um you know you putting in you reinstalling you got kids who's never played and um you know, you're trying to get everybody reps to see see what everybody can do. So it's a little slower process, but, um, you know, the intensity level's got to be high.
0: Where on the depth chart are there most starting positions up for grabs, man? Is there a certain spot, or is it just kind of across the board?
2: Man, look, I think I think defensively you return a lot of starters, but but we don't have any. If if that makes sense, you know, I think um, I think all 11 positions on the defensive side of the ball is up for grabs. Um. All but one receiver um, graduated, but we're moving a kid to to that spot as well to to push uh, to see who comes out of that spot as well, man. Um, Running back's another one. You know, our running game struggled last year, so we got a few guys that we're going to roll in at the running back position and kind of see where it goes, who kind of can fit in at a receiver or at a running back. So, uh, and in the O-line, you know, you return one, you know, the right tackle. So, um, you know, same thing, we got kids that had time, that got time last year, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're starting. Um, You know, you got to change some things around, man. Uh, You know, then look, the jump you make from one year to another is drastic, but, you know, um, we didn't get it done. So we got to find people to get it done. Um, If they make growth and it's them, then then great. If not, it'll be somebody else.
0: You know, this is going to be your first opportunity to have a set of spring practices with Carson Ogeron out there under center last year. He got to you guys late, really, on the first day of school pretty much. So, an opportunity to polish some things up there. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to that. couple of weeks of work, try to get him ready to roll.
2: Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, getting him, we got him, you know, uh, shoot, man, I think it was the first day of school last year. So, it was kind of a crash course and getting ready to go in a new, in a new system uh along with, with with players he's never played with or um he knew, he knew some of them you know, but he's never played with a lot of them, so trying to get timing down and things of that nature so i I think man, look, in this amount of opinion, I think I think he's gonna see tremendous growth um in the mental part of his game, I mean we all know he's athletic and can do and can spin it, you know so but I think um you'll see tremendous part a tremendous amount of growth in the mental part of the game as far as progressions and reads and um getting in and out of good plays uh looking forward to a good spring from him man and uh carrying that into the fall and, and I and I kind of told him uh, his biggest enemy man is just staying healthy. You know, he's got to learn to uh to get down when the, when the, when the, when the fight's over, you know, get down. You know, you don't have to prove, you don't have to run over four people and carry two more. Just the play's over, you get down and you save yourself um to to be able to play every down, man. And he he didn't like that. <laughs> you know, he's a rough, he's a rough character. But um you know that that comes to playing the position. His biggest enemy is staying healthy, so um, he's, he's been grinding in the weight room and been doing some stretching and stuff like that, try to loosen those muscles a little bit, so he's not so tight.
0: How important is it, BJ, that the offense is built so where you guys could help him stay healthy? And what I mean by that is he's not having to run the ball 25 times a game. Like how mu- how important is it that you guys are able to take some of the load off of him this coming season?
2: Yeah, I, I think the big boys up front gotta uh, gotta pull their weight, right? You gotta be able to create running lanes. Um, to, to get through and, and hold up a little bit in the pass protection, so you know he's not going through one progression and getting out of there. Um, you know, games are won and lost up front, and I and I think we have to have a running back or two um, emerge and um, that we feel really comfortable with that 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 can run the ball well and, and get some chunks for us. So you know, be be effective in the run game. And I thought uh you know just me being blunt, you know I feel like the running the only running game we had last year was Carson. And that, man, you can't – you're not going to win many games like that and he's just taking a beat, man. You, If you watch football, you don't see the quarterback running the ball 25 times a game. It's, it's more of a wrinkle, right? You, you you pull it on an inside zone, you know, because he squeezes hard or um, you use a little misdirection or smoke and mirrors and he keeps it on like a, a quarterback counter, right? It's just jabs here and there um, to, keep, to keep the defense honest. And we have one that they have to respect. You know, I feel like when you go into the game – you know he circled on if you if you doing the game prep he circled as a kid you have to slow down um so they trying to take him away so you you got to have something else as a counter punch to that so we got we got to have a running back that emerges that that can carry that load one or two man you know you love to have two and uh that can take some of that that, that the weight off his shoulders
0: So we all live, you know, here down the by. It's a small community. People hear different things. There are some whispers that your backup quarterback maybe isn't going to be playing football. So what's the word? Is Josh Mack going to be out there when spring starts?
2: Yeah, he will. He will. He'll be out there when spring starts. Good. Um, Josh is actually. Look, man, Josh. um, You know, I I like Josh a lot. You know, I I pretty much did everything except for begging. Um, (laughs) I I think the kid, man, and I told him that I, I. when I was at East Ascension, it was like the blind side at practice sometimes, man, Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama, Oregon. And the first question they'd always ask Coach Lee is, does that kid play another sport? You know, so uh, that's just not a made-up story. That, that I've heard that, you know, first person. So, uh, you know, I told him that, and, you know, he's a damn good baseball player, man. But you only come to high school once. You don't, you don't want to sit around and it'd be your senior year and say, man, you know, I wish I, I could have played. You know, Austin Savoy told me that if he left. He said, Coach, you were right, man, two years ago. Uh, you know, I should have played. You were right, and so you, you try to carry them, them them thoughts from other you know guys that's been in that sh- in them shoes, man. So um, I did a lot of selling on him. You know, I talked to his dad, and me me and uh, Mister Chad are close, bro. So talked to his dad. Dad was oh, no coach, he's playing. So he, uh, but 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 it's crazy. Look, he's such a good athlete. He's gonna actually go to receiver this year, and I I I feel comfortable comfortable with him um, helping a lot of the receiver as a as a major contributor because. I mean, one, he knows all the plays, right, because he's got to know what everyone does as a quarterback. So um, the learning curve for that isn't bad. And we actually kind of messed with it a little bit last year in some scout team stuff. We put him out there as a receiver, and he, he did a phenomenal job. So I think that kind of drew a little excitement into him, too, you know, being able – he's competitive, you know, so being able to contribute and help the team win is uh, – I, I think that had a little bit to do with it, too. And, you know, look, man, the, the next two years as a junior senior, senior, it's going to be his show. You know I mean? If you follow us any day, that kid can play. And, um, you know, he'll have a chance to break all the records that were just broken, you know. So, uh, yeah, man, he'll he'll be around. And, you know, I slept a little better at night because in a few days I was struggling to sleep. But uh, him saying he was playing it made me, made me rest a little easier.
0: Good. I'm happy to hear that, man. Look, talk to me about some of those those issues, man. It was like, look, you guys play a lot of ninth and tenth graders and you're going to be relying on some sophomores and everything like that again this coming season. How do you juggle that? Because you might have a, a freshman who could play – Oh, 15, 20 snaps on varsity. Um, but then you're, you're also not wanting to use them in their freshman games as much because you're counting on them on varsity, but you don't want to miss the development time. Like, there's a lot to juggle there. How do you guys make those decisions?
2: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough deal, man, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I think um, you like to keep the freshman class together as much as you can, right? You're building a rapport. Um, that's their buddies from their middle school. And you're adding in another middle school, so it's a way to to build the relationships like that and kind of, you know, get gel a little bit better, you know. But it does sometimes, you know, You uh, look, man, it's no secret. It's a production business, right? So what have you done for me lately, business? Um, you know, I don't like losing, man. I think I hate losing more than I like winning. So you're trying to do what's best for everybody in the program because everybody's putting in time um, and effort. Uh, coaches are taking time with their families to put in effort, so my job is to give us the best chance to win a football game. So sometimes that means you out there with five sophomores and, and four freshmen and three juniors and, and however many left seniors. Um, it, it help it helps you you know in the in the years to come because now you start bringing back people with experience and um, you know we used to have a saying that yeah is laugh now cry later right so um, it might be not not as good and people are like man what is going on. But then that next year, the next few years, it's like, damn, they really got it clicking now. And that's just because kids have been in it, right? They lift and they, they got experience. And they're only a junior, and they got two years of experience or a year-and-a-half experience. Um, I remember mean, at Hondo, they always talk about if it, If it's even between a senior and a sophomore, they will play in the sophomore because they got the sophomore for two more years. So they, they, they always preach, you have to be that much better than a younger guy because if not, they're playing the younger one, man, because he got more years. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, so that, that's that's kind of what we we say, man. Look, if you're a senior, you want to play, you better be heads and shoulders above the rest. Because if not, and that sophomore's close, and I can see him getting to that point, he's playing. Because I got him for two more years.
0: Yeah, no that that makes that makes perfect yeah. sense, man. Um, last question before we let you go. You mentioned the receivers, and you guys are shuffling deck a little bit. Obviously, Camden Berg's going to be in the mix. I had to guess Titan Alamo is going to be in the mix. Who are some of the other guys who are going to be catching them passes this coming season, man?
2: Yeah, look, man. I think um, I know y'all know. You're strapped for time, but I think Titans are really good. To receive. I think he's one of our better ones. It, Titans thing, man, is just God given, bro. He's, he's he's just smaller. He's <laughs> yeah. small, and it just it sucks for that kid, bro, because he had he has a heart of a line, and he he gives 100. percent He's not scared of anything. So you'll see him. You know he'll be out there. Um, Camdenburg obviously, is your one return. I think uh, you'll see Landon Jarvis. I think uh, Terrence Pete's going to be a monster, man. Another one he's undersized, but that that that's probably the most competitive kid in the program. Um, so he'll be out there um he'll he'll probably fill into that Jacob Curall type of role you know trying to get creative ways to get in the ball and things like that and uh coach is one we move from defense who can run he's a long kid uh you can see him maybe out there trying to stretch the defense deep uh, Josh Mack Josh Mack's another one man that I, that I think um you know he reminds me a lot of Dylan Praison but a little taller you know in, in crucial times man he's just cute. he's cool like the other side of the pillow so um look I, there's about 7 of them that that we're gonna to have to try to figure out, you know, for four or five to uh to kind of, kind of fit in that mix, man. And I, and I like that group. Look, they're young. Yeah, gonna be a lot of sophomores out there. There's some skilled positions on offense, but they uh man, they're so competitive, bro. It's uh it's a joy to be around them every day in fifth period. Um, they they grind. They hold each other accountable. They compete. You know, they compete to the point. You know, they they ready to get in a fight if he benches more than him. You know, so they. they you know, so it, it's good to be around. So you'll see some good things from young cats.
0: I, I got I got time for one more. And you mentioned the next question that I was going to ask, man, is that, you know, with that younger group, yeah, you know, there's going to be some growing pains or whatever, but every one of the kids that you just mentioned, salty as hell, man. Like, you guys are going to be a very scrappy bunch this year compared to last year. I right? Like, those kids, are they're, they're going to give you everything they got. Not to say that others in the past haven't, but that group there, man, they're going to run through a wall if they need to.
2: Yeah, look, I'm gonna tell you, it's, it reminds you of kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's the blue collar mindset, man. It's, it's kind of what this place was built on. You're gonna see a lot of kids that's hard nosed, that's not scared, that's ready, to, and it don't matter, bro. You play in a parking lot, they're gonna be ready to go. They're gonna be there an hour early, you know. They just, um, it reminds me a lot of the two years ago group, you know, where yeah. you gotta tell Hunter and Wes and them cast, bro. Look, calm down, man. <laughs> you know, uh, like we're not trying to put him in the ambulance. You know, you gotta just chill out for a minute. So. But they scrap, you brother. It have to battle, man, or seventy percent. It's just compete, man. Having that that little bit of extra dog in you, they just refusing to lose, and it don't matter. Just scrap, bro, tooth and nail for every inch, and that, that's kind of that crew, man. And look, they'll be young, but but uh, but they, the the upside and the anticipation that I have to watch them play is uh is is good, man. It's refreshing.
0: Thanks for the time, BJ. Take care of yourself, brother.
2: All right, thank y'all, man.
0: Yep, that is BJ Young with South LaFouche. I've been telling people, man, I don't know how many wins they're going to get or none of that stuff. I don't know that. We'll figure that out when we get to the fall. This is going to be a group that's going to fight you. And I know this, that in today's day and age, if you have a group that's got that fight in them, they're going to find some ways to win some games. Um, The first one against St. Edmund is a big one. You're going on the road, making a long road trip, playing a very talented single-A team, a team that fought us like hell last year down the Bayou. That's a big one. But I really think that this is going to be a group that's going to be scrappy. They're going to have some explosiveness with Carson back there. That receiver group that he just mentioned is tough. He didn't mention specifically some of the running backs, but you're talking about, you know, uh, Dardar and, you know, some of these other guys that they're going to be handing the ball to. Those are some tough kids. If they can win up front, that's going to be the biggest challenge. The, the biggest three challenges for South LaFouche football this coming season. Can they win up front on the offense and defensive lines? because last year they didn't win a whole lot on either line. At times, you know, there were some standouts. There were some guys who shined, and there were some guys who competed. But just by and large, you couldn't run the football, you couldn't stop the run. You got beat up at both lines of scrimmage. That's the first thing. The second thing can you tackle? Can you be better on defense to where not you're not allowing 45, 50 points every week, right? If we can limit that to the mid20s every week, you're going to make Im- incredible improvements. That's the second thing. And the third thing is can you have a special teams unit that isn't hemorrhaging mistakes? Last season, you're muffing kicks, you're giving up returns, you're missing extra points, you're getting punts blocked. Like it was just a-, a litany of errors. They're changing the way that they do that now, this coming season. Everybody's kind of got a different approach, and everybody on the coaching staff's all kind of pitching into that unit. I think that's probably a good move. And if you could fix those three areas, you've got a team that I think could potentially make the playoffs. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about some NBA stuff in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We're leading up to Taylor Griffin at 1215. We'll be right back after this.
6: Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Houma. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Houma.
7: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Time is
6: money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agriculture, agricultural, marine, or industrial, Fleet Supply Warehouse,
4: 985-868-0430, Venture Boulevard, HOMA. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Houma or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes.
0: Sometimes in life, you have to be willing to adjust. You have to be willing to adapt. You have to be willing to evolve. Um, y'all, I'm beginning to get the the idea that Alabama football is not going to be very good next year. And I say that as I take a big old swig of my water. Um, I hear you guys laughing over there, and I hear you guys saying, "Oh." you're an LSU home or you don't have a clue what you're talking about. If you're saying Alabama might struggle, but the sport is changing with NIL, with the transfer portal, with different things that are happening around the landscape. And I just look at context clues and I could see where there might be a changing of the guard. Alabama played their spring game on Saturday. And they didn't have a quarterback on their roster who looked good at all. They were turning it over um, and struggling to hit open receivers, inaccurate. And then now there's the reports that they're going and trying in the transfer portal to sign Tyler Buckner, a transfer from Notre Dame. Tyler Buckner last season had three touchdowns and five interceptions and is not very good. He played in Notre Dame's bowl game, went over South Carolina and had three interceptions, barely 50% completions. Played and started and lost the game to Marshall earlier this season. Like, this is not the solution for Alabama. <clears throat> and it just makes you wonder. Surely there were guys in the transfer portal this past offseason that Alabama could have gone get. Why didn't, you know, why are they in this situation? Why are, they, why are they struggling to find somebody who could succeed under center? And it makes you think like, is Nick unwilling to have a multi million dollar NIL quarterback? Is he more inclined to get somebody who's maybe not already a superstar, maybe not already a millionaire, somebody that he can maybe better control because he is the old school coach? <laughs> that all remains to be seen. But if Alabama doesn't get better under center, for this upcoming season, it's going to be a struggle because the one thing that we've seen in years past is that opponents have been able to figure out. And I'm not going to say solve, or I'm not going to say that you know Nick Saban is washed. I'm not going to go that far. But the Alabama defenses in years past have not been defenses that have just shut you out every game. Right at the beginning of Nick's tenure in Alabama he could easily get away with having a game manager, a quarterback like Greg McElroy or A.J. McCarron. He could easily get away with that because the opponent couldn't score 10 points on him. But lately, teams have been able to move the ball far, uh, far more frequently. Far more frequently. And with much more ease. Last season, we saw it play out fairly routinely. Arkansas scored 26, Tennessee scored 52, LSU scored 32, Ole Miss scored 24, Auburn scored 27. So, like, yeah, you could score in them a little bit now. And it creates a situation where if they don't get better at adapting to the change of the sport, it could be some really interesting years where they're not head and shoulders better than anybody anymore. And, look, let's take this all with a grain of salt, right? Whenever I say that it's going to be a struggle. I mean, you know, they're just not going to be favored to beat everybody by 30 anymore, right? It's the ultimate compliment. When you say it's going to be a struggle for Alabama, you just mean that they're going to drop from the highest of the mountains and go back to the next lowest tier where they're going to be with LSU and Clemson and all the other great programs. They're just not going to be head and shoulders better than anybody. Not over here trying to say they're going to finish 6-6, and right? Not trying to say they're going to lose, you know, to Austin P or to Utah State. That's not what I'm trying to say. But, their reign as being decisively better than everyone else could be done. <clears throat> could be done if, they, if Nick doesn't adapt. And when you look at what they're heading into this coming season where you've got a quarterback, not controversy, that's maybe not the right word, but a, a situation there where, I don't know, I don't really trust any of those guys. And then they're flirting in the portal, and I don't know that they trust any of those guys. I, it just makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. They play Texas early. Texas is supposed to be pretty good. They play Ole Miss early. We're going to find out some things. Now, of course, <laughs> Of course, week one, they play the mighty middle Tennessee, so they'll get a nice little cupcake to chew on in week one. But it just makes you wonder a little bit. Um, uh, maybe that... Reign of being clearly decisively the top. Maybe that's maybe that's a thing of the past. (laughs) Yesterday in the NBA, we had three games and they were all exciting in their own ways. The Nuggets uh, close out Minnesota 112 to 109, the Suns close out the Clippers 136 to 130. The game of the night, Trey Young makes a three from almost half court to extend their season. They're down 3 2 against the Boston Celtics. They get a 119 to 117 win. Um. Keep going, Trey. <laughs> My 76ers are waiting on the winner of that series. Stretch that sucker out as far as you can. Make them play a game seven. Because the way that the NBA playoffs are, the more you play, the more likely it is that somebody's going to get hurt. So keep making Boston play. Give Joel and Bean more and more time to rest. Sign me up for it. I'm all here for that um, as Atlanta extends their season. I'll dive into the, those matchups a little bit more and a little later in the show. But we're up against it. Let's catch a break. Taylor Griffin's back Um on the other side of this break, it's play-by-play play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
7: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about DoFriend building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
6: Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big-town inventory and small-town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport.
3: Terrebonne General Health System is the largest healthcare resource in Southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide health care for our community. To discover more, please visit TGHealthSystem.com.
1: There's
7: no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. No song that I could sing, but I can try for your heart.
0: I Welcome back to Play by, a by a play. play. It's a Wednesday, I'm and listening. it's just after 1215. It means it's time to go make a trip out to Friend and chat with our buddy Taylor Griffin, who's on the phone lines now. Turtle, what's good, brother? How we doing today? Oh, man,
8: doing good, doing good. Uh, you might have to start calling someone else from the that 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 entrance music, I can't walk out for that type of
0: stuff. You don't like Jack Johnson, T?
8: Nah, not that much. Not that much.
0: All right, well, I need a, I need
8: a I need to get in radio mode with a better tune. But anyway, anyway, I'm just messed. Oh, uh, life is good today. How's how's it going in the studio?
0: It's going fine, dude. So like, here's the thing, man. I've been struggling. Like for for a little peek behind the curtain. Taylor and I are about ready to, to to launch a podcast, right? And I'm going to use the next two or three minutes to shamelessly promote that. We're about ready to launch a podcast. You'll be able to hear us talk about sports for about an hour or so a week. I don't have any clue what to name it. So if you guys have any ideas, like, give us a call, give us a shout. I Where I am right now, I'm thinking Bayou Sports Meow. Do you think, like, do, are you feeling that? Like, what what's going on? <laughs>
8: Bayou Sports Right Meow. I, I don't know, man. Uh <laughs> Between that, or how do we weave the whole GoTarps and God Bless America into it? Uh, I don't know the the Bayou Sports dudes. It, yeah, I don't it know. It could be something. It could be a less is more simple thing like that. I two two guys, one podcast. I have no idea. Uh, just whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever you think.
0: Yeah, wh- whatever
8: the callers could come up with man we're open to all suggestions
0: we'll have to come up with something Uh, Nichols beat LSU yesterday in baseball man look I always wonder right like for me it's different I'm not in the same situation right I I went to LSU was an LSU guy like hey I'm an LSU guy right for I always wonder for guys like you and you know others in, in our friend circle who went to Nichols but obviously still support and root for LSU what are games like that for you all, like, how do those days work? Like, are you rooting for LSU or are you rooting for Nichols? You're rooting for both teams. Like, how does that work? Um, I'm rooting for
8: Nichols because I know it's good for them. They they're going in as a heavy underdog. They're not expected to win, and it's just a game on the schedule. Then you hope for the best. For LSU, LSU doesn't need that win. Aside from the fact that they're the number one team in the country and all that, even if they weren't, like, they, they don't need that win as bad as Nichols needs it. So I'm rooting for Nichols because that's going to help them with recruiting in the future. That helps them boost their confidence when they, you know, going into whatever conference series they have this weekend and going into the conference tournament. I mean, that, that's a huge win for the Colonels. And it's not that bad of a loss for LSU. For them, it's just a, you know, and of course you have the people, it's a midweek game, midweek games don't count. We're going to use the big dogs this weekend against Alabama. Yeah, I I get that. Like, all those things you say are, they're correct, but, you know, you have to appreciate what it means for the quote-unquote little Southland school down the road in Thibodeau. So I'm 100% rooting for the Colonels in those situations. And if they lose, you know, if they get run-ruled like they did earlier this season, I mean, oh, well, you know, focus, learn what you can. You see how you stacked up against the best, and you focus on your next Southland opponent. And good for LSU. It's another win. And, you know, I'm still happy for the Tigers for their win. But, um, you know, last night, you know, that's that's awesome. And just being the superstitious guy that I am – I can't remember the last... I think the last time Nichols won at Alex Box... Um, 2015. Yeah, 2015. Uh, the Tigers didn't do anything that year significant. But the the time before that, it might have been like oh nine or something. Yeah, I know exactly what you're around, talking about. You know, Nichols wins at Alex Box. LSU wins the national championship. So it just... Yeah, you have to root for Nichols this year because all signs point to, you know, this is that that's it. That's all we needed. It's LSU's year. The, you know, that the table is set for all the superstitious sports folks out there. Now LSU's gonna win the championship. So thank you, Colonel.
0: Bro, I remember that. I was still at LSU at the time. I was covering the team for the student newspaper. Nichols was god-awful that year. Absolutely terrible that year. Coming to Alex Box Stadium and get the win. I remember they hit a home run in the top of the ninth inning off of Matty Ott to clinch the win, and everybody was kind of like, what in the heck is going on? Uh, But, no, it it was very crazy indeed. Uh, Padna, let's talk about this. Nichols kind of throws a curveball out there, kind of goes out to left field and gets their new men's basketball coach it is a former Colonel. Tavon Sadler is going to be the guy. Um, what do you make? He's, he's a young guy. He's from the Riley Claunch tree. What do you make? I don't think we've had a chance to talk about that yet.
8: Uh, I'm excited about it. Um, I've, I've had a few conversations with Coach Sadler before, um, you know, back when I was just calling him Tavon. And uh, he's, his head is 100% in the right place. Uh, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders, a great mind for the game. He comes from a tremendous basketball upbringing. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe someone can verify that. Dude, I think he might have been the best player in the state of Maryland when he was in high school. He originally was going to Maryland. I don't remember what went wrong, but somehow ended up falling into Richie Riley's lap and comes to Thibodeau and, you know, here we are off and running with Colonel Basketball since, I mean, since what, 2017, 2018? Just, you know, a totally different culture. Claunch takes it and follows in his footsteps. You know, Tavon Sadler, he's – I think he has all the qualifications. I, of course, worry about his age because he's young. But, you know what, so is Austin Clunch. He's one of the youngest head coaches in all of D1. You know, why, why not give – saddler a chance uh i think uh i think it's great for the colonels i think it's a good opportunity to you know you need youth at this level you need youth towards the top of the program you know to be able to more relate to the players when it comes to the recruiting process when it comes to the transfer process i mean the dude himself has a hell of a story so imagine having him at the forefront of recruiting like hey man look this is where i started this is what everyone thought I was going to be. This is what I thought I was going to happen. And life happens and you find yourself in Thibodeau and you still end up having a pretty awesome life and a pretty awesome basketball career. So why not have him at the front of it? I think it's awesome for the Colonels.
0: Let's chat about some psychology here for a second, right? LSU's the defending national champions in women's basketball, and they've got a lot of great players back off of that team. Angel Reese is back, and you know they've got several key contributors who are back. Now – Here's my question to you. If you were coaching that team, I'm gonna ask you to, you know, go into the shoes of Kim Mulkey here for just a second. And Can I put on her jacket too. Yes, put on her jacket, put on her Ric Flair robe, put on the whole nine yards. Okay. Um, right. you've got that whole roster back, you've got the number one recruiting class in the country coming in, which features the number one player in the country in Michaela Williams. There are reports that you're going to get the number one transfer portal player in the country, the young lady from Louisville. They're saying she's a silent commitment; she's all but a lock to go to LSU. That's an All American point guard that you're going to be adding, and your team partner are celebrities. Angel Reese is getting talked about on Saturday Night Live. She's going on talk shows all around the country. Flo J. Johnson is, you know, she's a rapper on the side. She's recording with Lil Wayne. Like your team is a bunch of celebrities. So my question to you is: At what point does that? outside noise become a concern
8: uh... man that's tough that's really tough i mean you're seeing we're literally witnessing american history right now these are this this is what, what, we, what we call this uncharted waters unexplored territory with all the, the celebrities that these athletes are allowed to be now Man. I don't have the answer, but let's just say, let's just pretend. I mean, I would think my immediate first instinct is we just witnessed, you know, I think, well, look, I've never been to an LSU practice before. I don't know what how Kim Mulkey addresses her players. I don't know what her rules and regulations are. But from the looks of it, I think she's real big on... Hey, as long as we're winning and we're handling our business on the court, I want my players to be able to freely express themselves and stay comfortable. I think that's the, the new winning formula here. Like, there's no more there. There's no more Nazi general commander. It's my way or the highway. You're gonna do this, or you're gonna walk. There's no more. Bobby Knight-style coaching that's going to work anymore. And I think giving them a little bit of that leeway keeps them loose, keeps them comfortable, and it keeps their confidence. And confidence on the basketball court is its just so important. So I would think with them being celebrities and all coming back and they're easily going to be the number one team in the country from the jump, expected to win it again, I think you just – you. As as long as their schedule doesn't interfere with our schedule, as long as we keep, you know, don't don't let any of your celebrity stuff interfere with practice and, you know, make sure you're still getting your grades. Whatever you're doing on the outside, just don't let it have a direct effect. Uh, just continue to free flow and, and be yourself. I mean, I, I don't think... I don't think there's another way to attack it because I think if you try to rein it in too hard, then you lose them and kiss another championship goodbye.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very well said. It's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out this coming season in Baton Rouge. I've been following the NBA playoffs as I'm sure you have as well, man. It's um it's kind of a, a little bit of um I don't know, it's frustrating because like half of the series have key players who are out. And every year it feels like this happens. You got guys that go down injured. I mean, John Moran's got a hurt hand. He's been in and out. Uh, Giannis has been in and out. Uh, Tyler Hero in the same series is out. Fox is out for Sacramento. Joel Embiid for Philadelphia hasn't missed. Well, he did miss game four, but he's got a sprained knee and, you know, he's iffy and, uh, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were out. And, brother, I really believe that, The NBA's got to figure something out because we live in today's day and age of the guys don't care about the regular season at all. I mean, they're resting, load management, whatever you want to call it. And even when they're out there, they're not competing. They're not playing hard. And I think that what we're seeing is when we get to the postseason and guys amp it up and play at that world-class level, their bodies just aren't equipped to handle it. Like It's not a coincidence that every year there's these rash of injuries in the playoffs. because guys aren't ready for the physicality of it all.
8: It's a that's an excellent point, man. Um, everything you said is 100% correctly. Like I, I'm following with, like I don't even, I don't even know what to do at this point other than is it time the NBA takes a serious look at shortening the season? I mean, that I don't know what other direction you could go. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Sorry to flip it on
0: you, but. Uh, Well, I don't know, know. because like playing less is what they're trying to get the guys to do right now with the load management, but I feel like playing less is what's causing this. Look, I I, relate it to wrestling. Um, AEW had a big rash of injuries about a year, two years ago, where like everybody on the roster was hurt. And I was listening to a podcast, I don't remember which one, maybe it was JR, maybe it was somebody else, and they said, look, this is always going to be a problem because they don't tour. And, you know, if your body doesn't get calloused to taking those bumps, you're always going to get hurt when you're asked to take those bumps. And I really believe, look, and I I hate to sound like the old guy and related to Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan played 80 games a year. He didn't get hurt in the playoffs. I feel like the inclination is all, well, let's save them for the playoffs. But while doing that, we're not getting them ready for the playoffs, and I think that we're making it worse trying to make it better.
8: Yeah, Um Hard to disagree with that. I mean, it's. I guess today is just too different, and it's. I know you said you you hate to sound like the old guy, and me. I sometimes I hate to sound like the young guy and and like be more progressive about things, but is it almost worth? You know, today's world will just never be yesterday's world again, and is it worth looking at? Not necessarily, you know, saving the guys for the playoffs in an 82-game season has proven to not be a good thing. So, I mean, I realize, you know, the NFL and college football, you know, football and basketball are two totally different sports. I get it. I'm not comparing the two and what, what your body goes through. I get it. No one attacked me. But, you you wait and you wait and you wait and you build up and you build up all year for a 3 month season essentially for you know 4 months you know depending on what I mean why why is the NBA going from October to June like why don't we have a 55 game season instead of 82 you know you don't have as much of a stretch of games to work with so every time is winning time now look the old school thinking it's 82 games 82 games should matter everything should be winning time you should be trying to go 82 and oh. like maybe it's time we just get away from that
0: it's entirely too long i can tell you two reasons why they're never going to do that a money Money. owners want the the home games and b legacies we make such a big deal about who's the goat who's not the goat you play fifty-five games. No one's ever breaking a scoring record ever again, and it comes down to those two things. I I, I hear you, and, and and in a in a vacuum, in a perfect world, that's probably how it would go. But I'm just telling you why it's never going to happen.
8: Well, I I totally agree with you about the money. I mean, that's the number one argument. But do players even care about records anymore? Like, I get it. Yeah, obviously LeBron cares, but you know. Who else are we ever really going to see another guy play for 20 years? I mean, three months ago, you and I were talking about, man, if Luca keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to break LeBron's record right. he's a dude. Uh, Luca already fell off like <laughs> he's, he's done He's done. He's never getting that record. three months later, like he's finished. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we're still going to see flashes of greatness for, from him, but that dude ain't playing 20 years. The only reason LeBron's playing now is because his son's about to come up and play. Like he doesn't need to be doing this. There's, I don't think the players care about records anymore anyway. I think it's more of just, I think it's just rings. There's no more. It's okay that we'll never see any regular season records anymore because no one wants to break them anyway. Like no one care. I don't. I don't. Me personally, I could be wrong, but I don't think they care. I, I think I think that that's over with.
0: You might be right, brother. Um, look, I made a, a comparison last week on the show, and I was breaking down the Western Conference, and I said, you know, I got on the topic of the Denver Nuggets, and I said, man, the Denver Nuggets are like Ted DiBiase of the 1980s in that they're not ever going to win at all, including this year. They're not going to win at all. They're just there to get enough people to think that they might win it all, and then they put over the team that's going to actually win it all. They make it to the Western Conference Finals, put over the eventual NBA champion. They might even sneak into the finals one year, like Ted DiBiase did at WrestleMania 4, got into the main event, and put over the eventual champion. The Nuggets are taking on the Phoenix Suns in the next round, and guess what they're going to do, Taylor? They're going to lay flat on their back, and they're going to put over the team that might be the next champion.
8: Yep. The Denver Nuggets job is to go in and just make the Suns look like a million bucks. That's, that's exactly what we're going to see. They might get one or, you know, they'll get two games on them. Maybe if we're lucky it gets to seven. But you're right. I mean, and anyone who can't see that, I mean, I don't know how you can't. The, the Nuggets will just always be Nuggets. <laughs> they'll never be. They'll never be a hot and spicy. They'll never be a (laughs) Chick-fil-A sandwich. They're always just going to be nuggets, and they're going to make the Suns look like a million bucks this next series, and I think that's our eventual champs.
2: (laughs) My man said they're never going to be a
0: hot and spicy. That might be the best line that we've ever had in the history of this show. Um, (laughs) Dude, I mentioned this on Facebook the other day. It's disheartening, right? Because I'm watching John Moran, and look, they're going to lose tonight probably and get knocked out. But I'm watching John Morant play with a broken bone right now in a playoffs that Zion Williamson refused to be part of because he's out of shape because he's got a sprained hamstring. Are we all willing to concede now that New Orleans probably picked the wrong guy?
8: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, now, this is not knowing any behind-the-scenes facts. Just looking at numbers, yes, New Orleans one hundred percent picked the wrong guy. Man, John Morant has been a premier ticket selling attraction, an all star, one of the most exciting players in the league. He's he's a walking bucket. He's every everything you could think of. You know, put all the internet fame and the oh, you know, he's a fake thug, whatever, all that other garbage. Put if you put all that behind you, like Jabbaran is the truth on the court, man. He's he's something special to see, and you know, now this is assuming. Let's backtrack a little bit. All the things you and I talked about with Zion a few weeks ago. This is assuming every time John Morant gets hurt in New Orleans he's being tended to properly. We still we the jury's still out on whether or not professional athletes in New Orleans are getting the best training staff. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe John Morant's a bust if he's here because the training staff sucks. We don't know that. But it's definitely worth looking into and suspecting. Um but but either way, yes. The numbers game, how much you could tell he just freaking wants it when he's out there, yeah, we blew it. We should have got John Moray.
0: Yeah. Let's talk some wrestling before we wrap up with you, bro. Monday Night Raw was interesting. They um, Rumors that CM Punk went to Raw and was trying to meet with Triple H and apparently was told to leave the building. And, and he wasn't, like, rowdy or unruly, but, you know, Triple H told CM Punk, like, hey, I got to talk with the higher-ups about whether or not you're allowed to be here. The higher-up said, no, he's not. He was asked to leave, whatever it may be. That's interesting. What was he doing there? Why did he want to be there? And then the news that there's going to be another world championship, and they unveiled the title, and it looks okay, I guess. But I don't know who's going to wear it, man, because, like, I feel like if you just give it to Cody, it's a clear silver medal, right? Like, you lost enrollment, but now you get this. It's so like, how are they going to go about this going forward? I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily have an opinion, good or bad. Either way, I uh, just kind of interesting. I'm curious to see where we go from here.
5: Yeah, man.
8: Uh, and anyone listening who who may have just uh, tuned in, like as, as as far as we know, like with the articles, CM Punk showing up to talk to Triple H was not storyline. It was like real life business making business decisions here. Uh, you know, as, as as far as anyone's concerned. Which, that's exciting to think about. Who knows where that'll come. Uh, I would hope he could get his head on straight and come back. That would be awesome for him to make a surprise return. But, eh, we'll, we'll leave that alone. Because, you know, it's just a dream. This new belt, back to the storylines, this new belt business, uh, dude, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. I'm already not a fan that Roman Reigns is walking around with two of them this whole undisputed thing. And look, to me, correct me if I'm wrong, it's never really been explained. This is just my theory on it. Um, I feel like the Universal Championship, when it was brought in to be not associated with the Heavyweight Championship, I feel like the Universal Championship was always a, that was always the part-timer attraction belt. That That was the Brock Lesnar belt that he's not expected to defend multiple times a month, and he's not expected to perform, and he's not expected to defend it at every single pay-per-view. Uh, that was the, we'll put it on Goldberg for a little while just to make some money, and someone has to be, he's the one guy that's strong enough to be believable to beat Brock Lesnar. And that, then it just kind of floated around, and then they like, uh-oh, now what do we do? Like, it's just the attraction belt versus the actual belt. And I think me personally, I just wish they'd do away with the universal and the and the other what whatever the other one what the new one is what are we calling this? The heavyweight title now? I don't even so the other one that Roman is holding is not the heavyweight, it's just the WWE championship. Like what what are we doing? Like that's too much. It's too much to keep up with it's too much to care about. You can't put it on Cody because like you said it's just a silver medal. I think the idea of it is somewhat reasonable if you're gonna continue to hold basically two different categories you're gonna hold a traveling attraction who only wrestles six times a year you like you if one of them's gonna be your part time guy and then like maybe you put this new new belt on somebody like Seth Rollins who's gonna perform every week and defend it very often you know maybe and then Sami Zayn gets a taste of it like i could see there's a reason to have it but they need to do something quickly like there's just too many belts like is roman forever just going to carry two and then whoever beats him gets two and then whoever beats him gets two like those that two belt situation is a mess and adding a third just makes it more confusing for
0: everyone so here's my thing, and I'll leave you with this. In, in the little promo of you know announcing it, Triple H was like, "Oh, well, you guys deserve somebody who's going to defend the belt every week, and somebody who's not going to make you acknowledge them, and like kind of taking jabs at Roman." Well, if that's yeah. the way that the company feels, why the hell didn't you beat him at WrestleMania? If they, like they could have ended this at WrestleMania. Like if that's how they feel, why didn't they just end it?
8: Uh I'm I'm stumped. I I don't know. I I think it's just it's just Triple H playing the game and and just doing more storytelling. I, I don't know. I don't think it's working, but I it's just them pulling our chains some more and leading us to believe that just when we think we've got it figured out, they're going to make another turn and shock us. I think that's all that was. I, I wouldn't read too much into it
0: very interesting indeed brother we thank you so much for the time good stuff as always my friend have a great rest of the day
8: yes indeed you have a good one as well thanks for having me and as always go tarps and god bless america
0: yes sir that is taylor griffin doing an excellent job as always we thank him so much that line that he just gave us that the nuggets will always be nuggets they'll never be hot and spicy they'll always be nuggets is the single greatest line in the history of play-by-play Uh, oh my goodness. That was some good stuff. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll wrap up the show. We ran over. I'll get you to the mailbag later in the week. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this.
1: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three-and-two-stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Rick Warren. Do you know God has a dream for your life? It's bigger and it's better than any dream you could ever think up on your own. And when you read my new book, Created a Dream, the six phases God uses to grow your faith, you're going to get the tools that you need to find and follow the dream that God created just for you. Be sure to get your copy today at pastorrick.com forward slash dream and get on the path to living the extraordinary life that God planned for you.
4: Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana grant program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in HOMA or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes
7: We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. We want to thank Taylor Griffin for his time in the last segment of the show. We want to thank B.J. Young for his time earlier in the show. Very quickly, I'll get you uh, just a couple of thoughts on some NBA games before we get you some betting picks and get out of here. Um, Today's going to be the best day so far to this point of the NBA playoffs. Um, Bar none without question, we've got a big, fun matchup between the Knicks and the Cavaliers, Cleveland fighting to keep their season alive. You got a big, fun matchup between the Lakers and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies trying to stay alive. The Lakers trying to close out. You got a super fascinating game between the Heat and the Bucks. Can Miami get another Jimmy Butler 100-point game? And I say 100 points, and I'm exaggerating, but only slightly. Can they put the Bucks away? Obviously, big underdogs. And then you got the nightcap, which is a big matchup between the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings at 9 o'clock. So a whole lot to follow, a whole lot to pay attention to, and uh, it's going to be the best night of the NBA playoffs to this point. The game I'm following most closely is the Kings and the Warriors. The Kings have shown throughout these playoffs, they're not scared of Golden State, right? The Warriors are a two-point favorite on the road. The Kings aren't afraid of them. They went on the road in the last game and and fought them. Fought them tooth and nail. Should have, well, not should have, but had an opportunity late to win that game. So, they're not afraid. They're not intimidated. That's going to be a fun matchup. Those two teams are going to run back and forth, go up and down the floor with one another. That'll be a fun matchup. Then, tonight, I just want to see Jimmy Butler. Like, they're a huge underdog, right? They're a 12 point underdog. Vegas thinks the Bucs are showing up and are just blowing the brakes off of them tonight, right? Like, you're going to just blow the brakes off of them. But if Jimmy Butler shows up and says, All right, I'm scoring 60, now what? We could be looking at the end of the road for Milwaukee. If Giannis' back locks up in the middle of the first quarter, what happens? So that one is fascinating. You got a champion or a potential champion on the ropes and is fighting some adversity Could be interesting. And then look, remember yesterday I told you, the Memphis Grizzlies. All Memphis has to do is win one road game. They got to win two home games and one road game. They're not as far out of this series as people are making it out to be. If Memphis could take advantage of a Laker team that might be a little fatigued, might be a little tired, I could see Memphis getting themselves back in this series. So just a couple of things to pay attention to as we move forward to what I think is going to be a very exciting NBA day in the playoffs, the best day of the playoffs so far. (laughs) Some betting picks, how I think the games are going to go today. Let's start in the MLB. As the FanDuel app loads, we could tell you that I like the Diamondbacks minus one-and-a-half run line today over the Royals. I think Arizona's going to get a win. I like the Dodgers minus 146 money line over the Pirates. I think the Dodgers are going to get a win. I like over eight runs between the Astros and the Rays. That's two really good offenses. I think somebody's going to break out. Um, Let's see what else we got. I like um, under eight runs between the Braves and the Miami Marlins. Uh, One more. I like the Padres minus 108 money line over the Cubs. Drew Smiley pitched great in his last game. Drew Smiley's not very good in general. He's due to get beat up on. I like the Padres in that one. NBA tonight. I like the Cavaliers minus 5.5 over the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to take the night off and the Cavs are going to trounce them. Um, Tonight, I like over 220 for the Bucs in the heat. I think that the Bucs are going to push the uh, tempo Get out, shoot some three-pointers, get that pace going in their way. I like an over in that one. And then I like over 234 and a half for the Warriors and the Kings as I think that those two teams are going to just continue to score. The Kings are getting more confident and are getting a little more rhythm, a little more vibe, and I think they're going to continue to score. <clears throat> I want to wrap up today's show. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to everybody who continues to support what we're doing. Um, we're having a great run of shows here in the last couple of days continuing to get better, continuing to get stronger. Uh, We're going to break down some of these high school playoff matchup series in the next couple of days. Uh, We will be out in Lake Charles on Friday following Thibodeau as they take on Barb, so that will be super exciting as well. I'm going to put a pin in it right here. Thanks to everybody for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the day, everybody. God bless you all. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Take care. We'll be back tomorrow.
1: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.